Hello and welcome to The Beautiful Game, a series exploring personal improvement and resiliency through interviews with soccer coaches from around the world. Beautiful Game is brought to you by Weasels FC, a brand for the tenacious, quick-witted, and occasionally underestimated. I am your host, Tony Niccolo. Join me as we learn to live, work, and play better with more confidence, resilience, and success. So I'm here today with Saul Isaacson Hurst. Uh, welcome to The Beautiful Game. Thanks for having me. Uh, so to give you a little context, Beautiful Game is uh, for an audience beyond football players and coaches. It's uh, for entrepreneurs, executives, artists, and parents who want to live, work, and play better, and, and generally to improve and, and have more success in their, in their everyday lives. You've worked uh, you know, for Premier League clubs in their academies, Chelsea, Tottenham Hotspurs. You run my personal football coach, and uh, you're also the head coach for, for Rebel FC, um, which has an interesting technology intersection that we'll, we'll talk about later. What has your professional journey been like, and, and how have you personally persevered through the the natural ups and downs of a career i suppose for me it was about finding my i found my niche in the game something that i was very good at and obviously you know i was very lucky to work at two big clubs so it was really about focusing on that and then trying to really nail down on that understand you know i always wanted to be one of the best in the world of what i do you know world leader and so it was really about trying to, to like I say, focusing on that and be the best I could do at that. So, you know, like I said, my specialism really is in ball mastery and 1v1 and uh, working with small groups and particularly individual players. So understanding how I could be the best at that and develop that and carry on working with players. And also at the same time, being a small business owner and entrepreneur as well, trying to upskill myself in all those those areas to obviously make it a successful business, which, you know, has been quite tricky. I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit uh, from a family of entrepreneurs as well. But I mean, trying to to learn how to run an effective business and being out here and doing stuff like sales and marketing, that's quite challenging as well, while always, you know, still being on the ground and being a a skills coach. Are there there some lessons from the the game or your experience in the game that you've been able to bring into business? yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's, a, it's like the same thing about a meritocracy, you know, what you put in, you get out, you have to work really hard, we really focused, you know, and as you know, you know, 24-7 uh, job owning your own business, you know, and then you do sort of make a lot of sacrifices, a lot of personal sacrifices, and I think you do that in football anyway, so for instance, you know, working, you know, in academy football, you, you know, working every weekend for the last 15 or so years or whatever, you know, you, you miss out on a lot of things in terms of your social life, but obviously that's the passion for the job and you want to take that seriously. So same as business, really understanding that, you know, you have to work really hard to do it and, you know, a lot of late nights and putting in that, that extra yard to make it, you know, yourself a success. Beautiful Game is actually sponsored by a brand called Weasels FC. Right. Um, and so... Great name, by the way. Thank you. What, what do you think of Weasels? Not, not the brand, just the animal. Uh, well, we used to have a saying when I first, I, I lived in America for two years when I was younger. I started my coaching career there actually under Tim Bradbury, who's a still great mentor to me. And uh, the weasels used to be a nickname for someone who's up to no good. <laughs> <laughs> the weasels used to be a nickname for a couple of the boys uh, in the uh, program who were up to a couple of weasels always up to no good really. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some players causing problems. Yeah. Players and coaches up to no good. Okay. Well. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. 
you're, you're on record of some of the difficulties as an academy coach managing the parents of academy players um, and that a, a big part of the work of academy coaches is, is educating players, parents, because you're trying to get the players to a point where they take responsibility for their own development, where they're independent. And so when you're, when you're teaching parents how to communicate and support their children, what do you tell them? Firstly, I think the most important thing is managing expectations. So, you know, if you do have a gifted and talented young footballer in your family, understanding that the likelihood of them going into the pro game is very small in terms of statistically. So understanding that and managing those expectations and saying, look, okay, look, it's going to be a long, long journey. It might be successful, might not be successful, but uh, there's going to be a lot of transferable skills anyway. So you know, and enjoy the ride. I think also then is to understand then again how to communicate with, the, with their children to make it a positive experience. So, you know, not being negative, uh, letting the coaches do their job. So in, in academy football, certainly we spent a lot of time in educating the parents into their how they behave on the touchline, for example, uh, how they behave on the car home, that ride journey, you know, not being too hypercritical and um, just trying to be positive and let the players really, um, you know, academy football should be and mostly is an enjoyable experience. And so trying to remove that pressure of expectation from the plat from the parents, you know, maybe who are, you know, giving the kids a hard time if they don't play well or something like that. Yeah, that it's still a still a youth game. It's, it's still supposed to be fun yeah, at the end yeah, of the day. Fun, so you should yeah. be enjoying it and just don't take it too seriously. So you've you've coached young players who later on uh, made it to the top levels of the game. When when you see a ten or eleven year old who stands out amongst their their already talented peers in an academy, what do you see? What what qualities do they have? It's difficult because there's many different things. But I mean, people say, "Oh, you can't tell talent at a young age." Well. If you see the outliers, the special players, you often can. You know what I mean? You, there's no guarantee for success, but I mean, you see the ones who are really special. Unfortunately, you know, if you work in like I did at Chelsea, you have more of these best players. You know, there's their levels so high. So, but, but even amongst those, everyone's all the young players yeah. that are at Chelsea, they're yeah. all obviously quite talented, but there yeah. are some outliers there. Yeah. What, what qualities do they have? What You know what? When I look at players at the highest level, it's often how they move with the ball. So, you know, you've got to be dynamic, got to be explosive. And, also, and then you have game intelligence. There's lots of different factors and lots of players have different things. But I mean, the ones who really stand out, obviously, the ones who affect the game are, the, you know, the ones who have that that something, you know. And it's, it maybe it can be difficult to quantify it, you know, in, in particular things. There's lots of different areas, technical areas you've got to be good at. And like, say, game understanding and that sort of thing. And their psychology has got to be right. Yeah. But, so, it's, so it's not even just one thing. It's they've got all of the factors yeah, I mean, listen, it can, into, yeah, but it can be some, you know, some players can have certain areas and maybe not other areas. You know, you say you got to have, you know, a real good, strong weapon. Physically, you probably got to have an, uh, an asset as well, whether it's speed or power or size or something like that. And do you think the majority of those qualities that you see, are they innate or can they be taught? Uh, it, well, they can be developed and some players develop quicker or slower than others and you know you have some players who come who are late a bit late starters they come through and they then they overtake players that's that's that happens quite often but i mean so for instance you know my 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 work is a lot of about supporting players into trying to develop that intrinsic mechanism to go out and want to get better and work harder that's pretty much what my personal football coach was built on you know the homework the idea that you know okay i'm not good at that if i go and work a bit harder i'm going to be better at that and all top players have that you know that's a that's a key personality trait of the top players I see, their, their hunger, the desire 
to get better and you know and, and not quit and not and go away from the game practice on their, their their weaknesses improve their strengths and then come back into the game and you know when I'm working with these whether I'm working with Premier League players or aspiring academy players you know that you see that common trait actually that desire so you know for instance we're working on a practice and it doesn't you know they'll never finish on a miss for instance like on a, on a, on a bad drill or you know if they shoot ball over now I want to finish on a good one I've got to do you know so you, you do see that commonality in, in a lot of the top players but and also just to me add that's that's my thing as well so you know we're getting players so young in at seven and eight and nine they might not have that naturally but you can develop that so you know it's about learning that's it's that's a life skill anyway you know it's whatever whatever field or in life you're in you know if i'm not very good at maths you know i'm going to go work harder and do study even harder you know and work hard that sort of thing so it's transferable skills understanding that you know whatever you want to do if you're really serious about it go out work hard and you know don't leave anything to chance some people say, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk would say, don't worry about the things that you're not good at. Have the self-awareness to understand what they are, Yeah, but don't, don't even work on it. Don't bother. Just focus on what you're really good at if you want to succeed in the world. I don't know if I agree or, or well, disagree. Depends. But well, it depends, doesn't it, on what that is. I mean, yeah, I mean, so for instance, you know, one of my other mentors, Chris Ramsey, who's, you know, one of the best youth developers in football, he's at Queen's Park Rangers now. He says the same thing, you know, what you got a super skill, focus on your super skill. Don't necessarily worry about what else you haven't got, but it depends what it is that you haven't got because that, what you haven't got might be the difference between a contract and not getting a contract or, you know, being a first team or being on the bench or being an international or not being international. So it's always like, I think any top pro should say, okay, look, what am I good at? Keep working on those strengths and say, look, these are areas I need to work on. These are areas I need to think, okay, what can I do to get better? And also if there's something, if there's things that can improve, then why wouldn't you do it? That sort of technical homework, which was part of the philosophy at Chelsea and Spurs and, and which you've now built into an app and training platform with with my personal football coach, um, it's for those players that are that have the willingness to, to put in the extra work to, to cultivate their ability, that have that sort of curiosity and desire and hunger to learn. Is that something that people, is that a trait that people can cultivate or? Yeah, I think so. That's why I said, I think that's, you know, you know, we, we've got to try and support players into developing that, that understanding that you know, I need to go and work hard in a way and, you know, and that's the reward will come at the end of that. So I think they can develop that. I think that's definitely, you know. And what, what difference do you see between the players that, that develop that sort of long-term view of, of putting in the work and embracing the process versus ones that sort of never get to building that habit i think men you know, often they're the ones that actually go all the way or go a lot further you know and have that ultimate ambition and desire to get to the top and and do you see that within my personal football coach do you have enough data about how players and whether in academies through your team memberships or individual players are you able to sort of track yeah, so basically, their progress through yeah, so, it and and see whether they're actually improving as well well, we, what we can do is obviously we can we can track data in terms of who's using it and how long they're using it, and that sort of thing. So we work with a lot of clubs, pro clubs like Wolverhampton Wanderers, LA Galaxy, and grassroots clubs, local clubs all around the world. They can log. You can log in the back end and check the usage of your players, how long they've been on it, are they using it, how they're using it, and and then obviously they work through. It's like a course anyway, so they work through that 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 process. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's up to the player to you know 
be motivated. And also, you know, we've also now we've made some current some update recent updates to the app. So now we have a thing where players can upload their own videos and store their own video their training sessions, and then also they can add them to a team library. So, for instance, you know, Weasel FC will have their own their own team library that. Uh, the players and coaches can all share and look, like each other's videos. So that's a bit of peer review in there. And also then coaches can look and who's done the homework, who hasn't done the homework, but they can share it and then make it a bit more of a social side. Yeah. A lot of your success as a coach and in my personal football app is is really your philosophy grounded in technical ability and, and that if you master the ball, you'll you'll master the game. Within that context, a lot of the things that we just spoke about were were really about mindset and how you approach training and, and mm. how you approach improvement. Um, what is the role of mindset and sort of mental skills, in your opinion? Well, it's key. I mean, if you're talking about players who want to play at the top level, having that mindset, and like we talked, I said, you mentioned that, you know, the intrinsic mechanism to want to get better and work hard. I mean, that is key to any, you know, for any player really serious about taking their game. And that's, you know, look, I get, I come across a lot of players, get a lot of emails, messages, you work with players and say, I want to be a pro, I want to work at this level. And I say, well, how serious are you about it actually, you know? Now, how are you working? Are you doing something every day, you know, to try and make that dream a reality? And then you can obviously then see who's actually serious about taking that journey, basically. I've seen one of those discussions. You did a, a Reddit a AMA and, and one of the questions was about, sort of development and teams players breaking into the first team and you use the example of of Rashford and Kane where Kane at Spurs you know took took several years and loans before he he really broke into the first team and that having mental toughness was really important to being able to sort of overcome that adversity and break into the first team um what are those sort of is it toughness? Is it what are those qualities, uh, mental abilities that you see in, in players that overcome adversity? Yeah, well, people use the word resilience a lot, don't they? You know, like I say, toughness, trying to develop that. The um, the trick is, I suppose, is how you develop that. You know, that's the million dollar question. So in academy football, we worked with a, a sports psychologist called Dave. Uh, I forgot his name, I'll tell you in a minute, but he basically talked about the rocky road to success. So obviously you need players, you need basically ups and downs in your journey and you need to test players because the problem you had in the past, maybe when you're, if you're like a high performer and you're you're going um, all the way through and it's too easy, then suddenly when you get to the first team, you get on the bench, it's your first problem you have. Then you see a lot of people just crash and burn. So you've got to try and, he called it the rocky road to success. You've got to try and develop resilience within the journey of the academy football because we you know players are in a completely structured environment these days. So given exposing them to failure, exposing them, you know, to especially at clubs like Chelsea where we batter every most teams, do you know what I mean? It's too easy a lot of time the games program. So trying to find imaginative ways where you can actually challenge players, sending them places where they're gonna get beaten badly, that sort of thing. So you you know, trying to be creative with those sorts of things in your in your program. In North America, we spend, and I don't know if you've seen this when you were coaching here, uh, a lot of the coaching time is spent coaching effort, whereas uh, in, in Europe, players are, are already going hammer and tongs. And, you know, you as a, as a student of the game, you've visited academies around the world. You've got some, some podcast episodes yourself um, and YouTube videos of sort of touring other academies. And um, you're, you're into studying culture and the types of players that are produced in, in different cultures. Yeah. Do you see differences, cultural differences that emerge in terms of mindset and, and resiliency? Uh, it depends, really. I mean, I'm not sure about mindset and resilience. I mean, you look at different, different cultures produce different types of players. So, I mean, look, if you look at like Croatia, for example, Dynamo Zagreb, you know, a lot of the players coming out there, phenomenal. there's just a pure volume. 
coming out there and then you say well maybe is that you know due to the adversity in that that area that region the history that sort of thing you know it's difficult i mean because players come from everywhere all different environments but what interests me is those hotbeds where you get consistently a lot of sorts of players and lots of types of particular players as well so you know Ajax and Dynamo Zagreb being typical ones where you get lots of technical sort of good quality footballers coming out of those those uh, those clubs and you know how they do that and how they prepare them is really interesting. Yeah, there's, there's sort of a regular theme in the game too where players that end up making it have often have stories of other adversity in their in their lives like that they didn't learn adversity or how to deal with it yeah. in the game itself. Well, someone told me a great story about. Um, uh, Kevin De Bruyne actually how he basically was adopted or something like that and you know he's, he, he channeled all his his uh, he said he made a conscious decision to channel all his you know his frustration or misery into his football but yeah I think yeah it, it's, you, you do see a lot of commonalities and in, in that sort of thing it's quite interesting mm-hmm. Dave Collins is a psychologist name by the way because okay. I'm getting in trouble for getting that <laughs> he's a big guy as well I don't upset <laughs> so I'm I'm fascinated with your journey into business and technology I've had previous success as a technology entrepreneur and am now trying to sort of dive more into into the soccer world. What have you learned from the game that you, you've you been applying in business? You know, you mentioned earlier a lot of the skills are, are transferable, both for academy players, you know, the things that they'll learn in life and that, the, that, it, it, that it requires hard work. Has it made it easier to sort of transition into a, to a business role, having your experience in the game? When you when you work in football, you know you're often doing several jobs because you're trying to aspire to work full time in the game. So I was, you know, at one point I was teaching and then coaching as well and doing several things, working seven days a week, often that sort of thing. I'm not unusual to doing football, you know, long hours traveling. So you no know, work in the morning and working in the evenings in academy football. So I think that creates that prepares you because when you're a, a small business owner, you're 24 seven anyway. You're sort of immersed in it. All you never switch off. My wife's always telling me I've got to switch off more. You know, turn my phone off and stuff like <laughs> that. But I mean, it's so it, it sort of does prepare you, I suppose, for that. It's not such a shock being completely, you know, tuned in all the time because there's anyone who'll tell you, especially in England, you know, you got working, you often work, you know, even if you're working several jobs to try and, you know, make your way in, 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 in the football world. So I think that definitely helped. I was a professional chef before I went into business and that sort of, that level of intensity yeah. was, was normal to me. Yeah. Um, and so the startup world of of working hard and and having to move quickly was normal and i, and I imagine that that some of that sort of mentality yeah, transfers yeah. from from yeah i mean high level coaching and also like being in like you know working at chelsea and tottenham two world-class environments a lot of pressure yeah. which is good i really strive for that i really you know embrace that but that is you know you, the expectations really high and you know accountability as well rebel fc role seems to be sort of a, a mix between coaching and business it's uh you're you're the you're the head coach for yeah. Rebel FC, yeah. Um, which is an actual physical football team, yeah. Plus an esports team, right? Well, they do have some esport players as well, but we we are the the, fo- the football team that I run. Well, I'm the coach. And, but, yeah. and any role in coaching the the esports players as well? Or? Uh, I don't know enough about computer games. <laughs> okay, I haven't, I haven't had a PlayStation for about twenty years. So, um, a lot of the the promotion of it is sort of i'm sure you're familiar with the, the amazon documentary on man city all or nothing yeah yeah some of the promotion of rebel fc is sort of similar to that in terms of undercovering the issues between players and and quarrels and highlighting yeah. the adversity that the that the team has to come through 
what has that experience been like? It, for me, it was amazing because it, it, I learned and I can, I've learned so much from those guys. You know, these guys are YouTube superstars, a lot of them. Uh, learned a lot about content creation and that sort of thing. So it's been really powerful and amazing marketing for me as well. You know, getting out there, we played at Wembley, you know, the Wembley Cup, great opportunities like that. Travel went to Ajax, played an Ajax team. So amazing opportunities. But the main benefit for me is obviously the marketing has been great, but also just the learning process of these guys who are, you know, some of the best in the business of what they do. And that really added to my to my game. And as you know, the you know social media is such an important pivotal part of the modern day business and entrepreneur. So I took I've taken and continue to take so much from those guys and really appreciate the opportunity they gave me. And you're you're not shy about your ambitions about wanting to be the the best in the world at, at what you do. Yeah. And so how do you how do you evaluate your own work to to make sure you're continuously improving? One of the most challenging things about not being in an academy now is uh, continual CPD, which is continual professional development. That's a real challenge. So, I like, so you know, I'm lucky I travel around the world a lot. I visit academies. I'm speaking to coaches. Uh, I'm fortunate, you know, I work with some amazing top players and I'm constantly learning off those, watching the game as well as much as possible at the highest level, learning off players. Um, so just, so, so I mean, I mean, that's, that's what I'm, I'm, I make a conscious effort to do that. So constantly, you know, visiting other academies and traveling and speaking to people and understanding what other people are doing. It's quite tricky what I do because it is a bit of a niche, you know, in terms of like a skills coach and the way I coach as well. Very unconventional in terms of English ways of doing things. A lot of people don't understand it. So it's just can be quite tricky to try and go and look at other people doing what I do because not a lot of people do it. So the challenge is obviously trying, trying to find those people and, you know, and, and communicate with them. Is there more cultural reception to to sort of technical coaching and, and mastery outside of England? You know, what I do is very similar to the way the methodology I acts, basically, that sort of thing. So I go there and I watch that quite a lot. Um, there's a few skilled coaches around who I can I can watch at other clubs as well. You know, I, I was fortunate because I got my job at Spurs because of that. And at the time, they had that sort of much more of like a Dutch style methodology. So I was lucky and that's, that gave me my start and helped me accelerate quite high into the academy to do that. But I mean, that was very unique. No one else does that, trains like that in the country in England. So, you know, it's, it's people often quite dismissive of what I do and maybe they don't see the, the correlation. But fortunately, the, the players do. The players do and, and, and the results... The results, the yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, and it's about, you know, trying to change the mindset. I mean, I've, I've been in a constant, not loggerheads and battle, but trying to change the way we do things and like, you know, trying to get this people at the Federation to try and see the value in doing it as well. And that's always like an ongoing battle. Probably not going to end anytime soon. Never. <laughs> Is there a coach or, or a person that taught you about resiliency or, or other sort of mental skills along the way? about resiliency and I mean I'm lucky to have some amazing mentors in my life so like I mentioned already Chris Ramsey Tim Bradbury who's here at the uh, convention who's a lot, lot of him Keith Boanas who's like one of my FA tutor guys he's you know I constantly bounce off him um, like I say Danny Buck when I was working at Tottenham he's like he's a, like some of the world leaders in, in coaching so I always say to everyone it's really important to have mentors and I've got mentors I've got business mentors now you know, and I've got football mentors as well. So, and I, and I mentor people as well. I think it's a really important part of individual development in whatever you're doing and just finding the right person which can help you in that. So, I mean, the business mentors have been really important to me because obviously understanding what I can do and bouncing ideas off those people and understanding how I can improve that part of my game. Is there a coach or a mentor maybe that you already have but would like to know better or 
a, a theoretical person that you would like to be able to talk to about sort of personal growth and, and improvement and how you can get better? And, and what, would you, what would you ask them? Uh, I'm not sure, really. I mean, listen, I, I listen to all the podcasts, you know, the Vernicek and, you know, those sorts of people and those sorts of those sorts of uh, business ones. But, you know, I'm always I'm always open to learning, looking to meet people and talk to, you know, as many people as possible, really. I don't know if there's anyone in particular who I'd sort of jumps yeah, out. Fair. And and what's the, the burning issue in your in your business right now that you're you're working to overcome? Uh, everyone who sees the app loves it. So I've just got to get more people to see it. Yeah. More eyes, my, more eyes on it, basically. This is one of the reasons I'm here at the convention. So talking to a lot of ODP programs, clubs, you know, federations, individuals. I mean, the main market is still people just buy it individually and use the program. So for me, the battle is trying to get it out there, get myself out there. You know, what separates my personal football coach from other apps or programs is obviously my USP. You know, I've, you know, my successful uh, history of working in academy football and working with you know some of the best young players in world soccer so just you know trying to carry on and building myself building my brand and getting it out there as much as possible great thanks for uh, being on the show today thanks for having me thanks all pleasure thank you for joining us today on the beautiful game we hope you also have some new ideas and inspiration to live work and play better please subscribe to get future episodes and you can join the conversation with your host, Tony Niccolo, on Twitter, at WeaselsFC. FC.